0: Hello and welcome to episode 51 of what we're Ooh. listening to, oh my goodness, uh, my name is Past Josh the half century Past the half century My name is Josh, I'm one of your hosts, and uh, with me as always is my good friend and anti-musical pollution spokesperson Asher, hello <laughs> sir, how are you?
1: Is that because of the sample pack I sent you last <laughs> night?
0: <laughs> it's a, a constantly relevant topic with you I feel like <laughs>
1: I saw this. This um, so the artist that I sent you last night, he he posted something. It was like um, weaponized decibels, and it had <laughs> someone blowing a whistle over the top of like a polit- politician trying to speak or something like that.
0: I... anyway.
1: Sorry. Yes, we yeah. could get into all sorts of like academic papers on this kind of sonic war. Yes, but we'll move on.
0: Uh, well, we have a pretty fun episode coming up. We haven't talked in a little while, um, mm. and the, we get the added bonus of getting to talk about one of my uh, favorite bands uh, that make music. So I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. So with that in mind, I have a very small quiz for you, which is either going to be easy or impossible, as they usually <laughs> are. Um, <laughs> so That's as kind. yes, as you know, Gorillas is a quote unquote virtual band. Yes. Um, Rather simply, can you name the four members of the band and what they play for me? Yeah, sure. Um,
1: Russell plays drums. uh, 2D sings. Noodle plays guitar and Murdoch plays bass. There you go. Bro, it's (laughs) like in the Clint Eastwood video and it's like seared into my memory from when I was a teen. For a bonus point,
0: (laughs) can you tell me 2D's real name? Oh... Ooh, that's that's a little further in
1: yeah i've looked at the art book but i don't think i've ever seen that though if you tell me it might jog my memory no so. nah, his name yeah. is
0: Stu potts is what his name is uh
1: yeah i've never heard that <laughs> was um, the reference in the song that we wrote you know life in 2d was that a reference to gorillas at all or is that just a is that related to the song
0: no, that's related to the song. Um, the 2D actually comes from him having two giant dents in his forehead, which are what make his eyes black. Um, right. But we'll, we can get to <laughs> expanded Gorilla's lower if we ever get there. Um, but, Sweet. Yeah, good yeah, job. For that. I, to be honest, I'd forgotten that it was in the music video. Um, it's been so long since I've watched that one. Well, I was
1: watching um, the live... Gig of Plastic Beach, and they have the video clip playing in the background when they do Clint Eastwood is like the Um, last song. Okay, sure. And so it just reminded me of that. But I mean, I I remember their names because I thought I thought Gorillas and their like um, virtual personas were very cool um, when they first came out. I thought that was (laughs) neat. So, I mean, me and every other teen in the early thousands.
0: Yeah. Well, there you go. Full points to you, sir. Thank you. Uh, do you have any uh, catch up to go through? It's been a little while. Um,
1: no, I don't. I think catch up has gradually fallen off my list.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I'm I'm starting to use it more and more for, um, concert reviews, which is that I managed to go see the, uh, the Fleet Foxes, um, the other week. Yes. Um, and they played really, really well. I was actually, um, quite. Um, pleasantly surprised. Not that I was expecting them to play badly, um, but they exceeded my expectations. Maybe, um, especially yeah. their um ability, um, with the horn players that they had and the background vocals that they had to sing and harmonize really, really well in a live setting consistently, nice like five yeah. to six part harmonies. Yeah, it was really, really good. Um, that's so that was kind very of, cool. Yeah, that's kind of the star of the show for me
1: yeah they i mean they have killer harmonies on their records and it's, yeah you told me that like this has inspired you to maybe check out uh, their latest album a little more closely
0: yeah definitely i i um i managed to grab a, a photo of one of their set lists and have kind of assembled a a playlist off of it and that's kind of what i've been listening to as well because it kind of goes through all their stuff a little bit and Oh, neat i've been enjoying cool. them yeah anyway that's great. That's all I have to.
1: Sweet. Well, shall we move on into revu- reviews? Yes, before my computer explodes. So um, I I have been listening to the new album um, by Soccer Mummy called Sometimes Forever. Um, now, people who have listened to this show a bit might remember that last year or maybe it was the year before. I can't remember. I was really into Soccer Mummy's um, album before this. I think it's her third album. She's got a few EPs as well. I lose track. Mm. Um, Color Theory. And I really enjoyed that kind of like a 90s-inspired or early thousands-inspired dream pop rock album. Um, And so this new album, Sometimes Forever, came out in July. And I have been... Enjoying this as I drive around, and it's it's a very nostalgic sound. Um, so, did did you get to listen to it? Did you, what are your initial thoughts before yeah. I kind of dive into it?
0: I went through it a little bit. I should say that I th- I believe we spell soccer mummy with a U around these parts, the way we pronounce it. So I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I just pronounce it that way. but I'll, I'll spell it properly in the show notes. I or spell um, it the way Americans spell it. I don't know. I guess I initially felt that it was a little less uh, vintage production wise, Um, Mm. um, but still kind of very still same 90s alternative aesthetic. Um, I, yeah, I I felt like it was not overly different enough for me to kind of uh, recognize it from the last uh, one that I kind of went through a little bit. Mm. Um, I didn't obviously spend as much time as, as you did with it. Um, but that's kind of my initial feeling.
1: Yeah. And there is a similar, I feel a similar way in parts of the album. It felt, so this is a lot more commercial, this album, I believe she's Mm. been featured in times square a bit and it's kind of gotten a bit more, um, mainstream attention. And I feel that the sound is reflective of that. Like it's a, it's a little less lo-fi, um, which I kind of miss. Like I, you know, I think she's trying to do similar sort of um, style as the lo-fi kind of scene, but with hi-fi sort of sounds. Yeah. Um, and some of it felt a little disingenuous. Like if you're going to be a bigger, more produced artist, don't name a song New Demo. Like, you know, obviously, obviously you're going to name it something that relates to the song and like new demo is like actually what you might name something on your first EP or something like that, because you're uh, just kind of doing this for fun and that sort of thing. But I felt like some of the the 90s references were a little bit forced in some ways. Um, however, a lot of these songs have kind of come back to me many times and. Like the first song, Bones, is a real killer. Like it's borderline shoegaze for me. Feels kind of like we're creeping into the territory of um, like Slow Dive and other kind of artists, that sort of thing, like more rocky. Like this album has a lot more distortion on it. Mm. And I really like that. You can hear that on like Darkness Forever. She's kind of moving into this underground rock more than like um, chill kind of folky rock songs if that makes sense
0: uh yeah yeah. yeah yeah and i i find it funny in talking about a kind of a 90s throwback when bones is one of the songs on the bends <laughs> that, that that's what <laughs> I, I instantly think of when people say the word bones of a song to me
1: whereas i think of sunlux,
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it's
1: true. um yeah so i actually find a lot of these songs really good like they're not i feel like they're not as not as kind of organic and raw as, um, color theory and, you know, and I was listening a bit to like one of her old singles, um, your dog, um, Mm. which feels a lot more kind of biting lyrically. It's more like, you know, she, she's writing these as a, you know, disenfranchised teen sort of, you know, like kind of a bit gripey and that sort of thing. Whereas the songs on Sometimes Forever feel a bit more measured lyrically and kind of like balanced out in terms of sound. Anyway, I don't don't need to kind of go too fancy, but I just felt like this is a, a bit of a different album from the others. And I missed some of those more raw, like kind of bare, acoustic sort of feeling things with then like kind of more acoustic sounding instruments um, because things like um, With You has like these big synth arpeggios. Um, it's cool though. I like the, the melodies. A lot of the melodies are really killer, mm. you know, um, on most of these songs. I also really like Shotgun. Um, I know that every time I send you that song, you just shake your head at that lyric. It still but... bugs me.
0: I know it's petty, but it, I don't know. L- lyricism no, it's is not... important. What's that? <laughs> the English language is important to me. Yeah. And you know what? I, I think
1: that's fair because um, it does take away a little bit like, you know, she obviously went, oh, wait, but, you know, it rhymes well, so I'm going to keep it or something. But um, I like the riff of that song And I, I think it's got a great chorus I love the drums Um, So my favourite tracks Are Bones, Shotgun and Still So the last track Still is probably one of my favourites And reminds me a lot of Royal Screw Up From uh, Colour Theory mm. Which has that kind of more acoustic Led sort of thing And the lyrics are a lot sadder On this one and it kind of feels A lot more like that I don't want sorry it sounds a bit you know (laughs) macabre being like i want more sad lyrics um but i did feel i don't know it felt like it was more of her older songwriting from color theory but Mm. color theory is still new in soccer mummy terms so you know whatever take my comments with a grain of salt i think
0: that's all very fair
1: yeah no i really enjoyed it it was great listening to it um Yeah, like I said, I've been doing a lot of driving and it feels like a real driving album. Yeah. feels like something I'd listen to in the early thousands and that sort of thing, obviously. But, yeah. Yeah, it's some of the songs. Oh, one last thing. Uh, Don't Ask Me feels like it's kind of into dream pop territory, like mm. always and stuff. Mm. And so, yeah, no, I think she's done a great job on this album. I hope it does really well. Um, I've chucked a bunch of songs on another playlist and I, I think I'll keep listening to these a bunch throughout this year. But yeah, I think I still love things like bloodstream and Royal screw up from color theory. I think they're just kind of top soccer mummy songs. So
0: maybe I need yeah. to give it another listen. I think I, d- I didn't spend enough time with it. Maybe.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. It, it feels like some of the songs in the middle aren't as like crucial, but um, yeah, it is a bit longer. So That's why it's tricky to get through sometimes. Anyway, Mm. what have you been listening to? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Something very different. I think we've done a bit of a switch up um, this time. Yeah. Um, This is not a driving album. Um, Mm. In fact, I have to find myself sitting down and spending a lot of time purposely listening to it. So um, Nick Cave and his uh, longtime conspirator, Warren Ellis, Um, put Mm. out a kind of a surprise EP They didn't make any noise about it. They just kind of released it. Um, and I stumbled across it. Um, it's called seven Psalms. Um, I I guess I should put out a small disclaimer. This is probably the most, um, Christian religious thing that I'll review on this podcast ever. Um, (laughs) so if that's not your style, you can skip ahead or whatever, but I want to keep talking about it um so so this is a a very different vibe so um for those not aware nick cave um tragically lost a second son of his um recently um oh i didn't know about i I mean we talked about ghosting
1: and his his other son who lost Yes. So
0: so that was a younger son of his. And then more recently, another one um, passed away, who's a little bit older, I think around our age, um, and not Mm. as um, close to the family necessarily. That's um, neither here nor there. Um, Hmm. So he hasn't said anything about that period. Um, And he just kind of dropped this. And Hmm. so that's kind of why I was intrigued by it initially. And then... Um I've been fairly shocked by it. It's a eight song EP um of self-composed psalms in a very Old Testament style. Um hmm. and uh, Warren Ellis has done the background um ambient music to kind of give mood to the uh, to the poems themselves and it's kind of spoken hmm. word. Um and I uh kind of found it quite shocking Uh, upon first listen to it. Um, Yeah, like throughout his career, Nick Cave has kind of played around with um, religious themes and messages and um, critiques here and there. Uh, This is uh, a lot more uh, personal and earnest and uh, I don't know, like it's it's grief stricken without um, the overwroughtness um, and kind of more humble And uh, genuine religiosity, which I find quite, um, quite different. Um, Hmm. Yeah. Like people don't really make this kind of thing, uh, much less, much less for popular (laughs) consumption. Like I would understand if he wrote this and kept it in his private life. Like that's something I'll completely understand. If he said like, I'd been writing Psalms about laments in my own life in the last year, but to actually release it for the public um, I find quite shocking. Yeah. Um did you have a mm. did you ever go through it?
1: Oh yeah. I had a bunch of listens through it. It I mean, it's really my kind of thing. Um <laughs> yeah, I really like I mean, so Warren Ellis, obviously from Dirty Three as well. Yeah. Um, and he did a great job of kind of providing this bed for the poems that Nick Cave had written, the songs, psalms. Mm. Um I didn't know about the his son's death, but that does explain a lot of the content. Yeah, a couple of them um, are very
0: um on point about um dying children.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um and it references some of the psalms like um I think it's one thirty nine or something, there's a similar line. But um I I found these very beautiful and mm. it is it is lovely that they're so short too. Yeah. Like that you can kind of you can kind of get the breadth of all seven of them, and then you've got this long instrumental as dick disc two, and it's kind of like a very, yeah, it's a very um pure way of experiencing these words, like often when you're hearing the lyrics of a song, you know there's a lot of other things that distract you. but the the fact that it's all spoken word, there's short songs, the accompaniment is very sparse mm-hmm. but very appropriate means that so much focus is put upon the words. And it. you're right, it isn't like a put-on-in-the-background sort of album. It's a you sit down and you listen to all of it because it's only 20 minutes long or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so yeah. I I love this. I especially loved I Come Alone and To You, mm. the final psalm. Um, beautifully musical, um, some of the like backing vocals but also kind of the lyrics, it also feels very hopeful. Like even even the distraught nature of it, it felt like I didn't pick up the lament as much as I did the kind of uh, the hope in it. But yeah, I need to kind of look at them a little bit more still.
0: No, I think that's fair. And even my favorite one is, um, I think it's called I Have Wandered All My Days or something like that. Like it's uh a... it's mm. a it's a prayer about um about salvation essentially and begging for salvation, which is in a in a hopeful way. Um mm. uh, I, I kinda get that. Anyway, I um so um there's even a uh Nick Cave and Warnos are making a documentary about their work on the last two albums they made, Carnage and Ghostine, um, which I do Ooh. wanna watch at some point. Um I just find this kind of phase of Nick Cave's career to be, um, very tragically interesting to watch in some regard. I, I guess it's kind of similar to how people feel about like Mount Erie and that kind of album that came out. Where, yeah, um, this is this is not a guy who like minces words at the best of times, and mm. for him to have gone through this all this tragedy. And to be expressing it artistically and not be you know full of rage or um self justification all that kind of stuff, but rather take a humble and kind of more grief driven approach um is quite um interesting to watch um and, yeah. to, and to listen to for sure um anyway, you
1: probably know much more about him as a as a person from what you've kind of listened to and observed over the years, but to me he seems like a very Like a very multifaceted artist, yeah. Um, Like you know, I think of the first time I heard his song was in "Dumb and Dumber" with Red (laughs) Right Hand. You know his music in that, and like, and then to go through hearing other things, and then Ghostine, and now these, you can hear like, and I I know that like he's a he's a great performer too, and he always performs what uh, in Sydney. He always likes to perform at um, what's that? weird festival place um lunar park and stuff. oh really i've i've heard that he's performed there or something like that you know he kind of has this strange vaudeville nature about him and yet he's not just one kind of artist type he's not like a lou reed grumpy old man he seems to be very introspective as well
0: yeah and obviously i should say i'm um what's the word i don't want to like profiteer off of his suffering as these things keep happening to him um Mm. you know nobody should bury their children and so i'm really um yeah i hope that more happiness comes to him and his family in the future
1: yeah yeah totally
0: anyway um if you feel like listening to a, a rather intense set of psalms about um nick cave's life you can listen to seven Hmm. songs you can even buy it on special edition vinyl which i'm very tempted by recently um that sounds lovely yeah it's quite a it's quite a unique project anyway
1: yeah yeah it is it and yeah like you say just to kind of put it out there for people is also a very interesting thing
0: yeah so um all right Hmm. a bit of homework time
1: yeah yeah let's do it (laughs) okay
0: Asher has been asking me uh, for a little while to give him a Gorillaz record, specifically Demon Days. Um, Hmm. But I personally thought that um, you might enjoy Plastic Beach a bit more. It's a little less um, kind of hip hop and um, rap driven than Demon Days is. Um, So a lot of people who enjoy the other more artistic nature kind of enjoy Plastic Beach as a project. Anyways, um, Hmm. for those who don't know, um Gorillas is a, a virtual band project started in the early 2000s by uh Blur lead singer Damon Albarn and uh Tank Girl uh animator comic animator writer Jimmy Hewlett um mm-hmm. their relationship is a little bit strange they don't really get along Um, But they keep making stuff together. They even lived together for a period and like hated it. So I don't know how this (laughs) came about, Um, but they just kind of, weird, yeah, they just kind of work together. Um, And uh, it's a very kind of postmodern approach to what a band can be, even in like a slightly like turn of the century internet age before internet was really popular. um, You know, let's have a fake band of characters that interact with the real world and disguise who's trying to make music. Um, And so the, I don't know, the, the veil between like the virtual and the reality has kind of gotten thinner as time has gone on. Um, Yeah. um, Anthony Fantano
1: is now part of Canon.
0: Yeah. Like, like things like that happen. Um, And uh, in my opinion, really, really good gorillas music comes out when like five things happen, which is, um, really um, purposeful and good production, or they have a producer who knows what they're doing. Um, A, a lot of bold musical style blendings that you don't think work that do. Um, really creative collaborations, both of uh, legendary artists and other artists who you've never heard of before. Um, And then strong themes that kind of go throughout the record. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Plastic Beach has a lot of these elements behind it. Um, so this is yeah. their third album, um, and it's quite a large one. So I've, I've, I'm sorry about giving you it's it's a bit sprawling.
1: No, don't be sorry. It's it's great. You know those five things is very well thought out. You should do an essay on that. Sometime, <laughs> um, you know, so this album, you write in that I really appreciate the artistry of it, and what i i think as a big overarching idea is this as a as a project is incredible yes i don't think i love every song i don't think like i don't there are only a few songs that i would put on a playlist and like listen to frequently mm. but every song is really important in the big piece of structuring this fictional world of the plastic beach and the sailors outfits and the And the artwork that goes with it. I have been racking my brain trying to think about how Damon writes this kind of music. Yes, and like, and what kind of pull power does he have? Like, who is this dude? Like, I mean, (laughs) you know, is I didn't think that Blur were big enough for you to just be like, "Hey, Snoop Dogg, come and do some some like lines on a track." You know, obviously, he's employing him. But at the same time, you know, you don't agree to be on a track unless you think that that artist is, like, worthwhile. Yeah. And the thing I really appreciate about Damon is he's not, like, a showman, like, I must be in the centre of the stage. Like, I mentioned before I was watching um, that Plastic Beach performance. I think it was in Paris. Yeah, in France, um, In, like, 2011. It's so wonderful watching him share the stage with all these, like, different rappers And musicians, he's just running around, having a good time, like slotting in when his parts come in, just totally like letting them take over. (laughs) And it's really interesting, you know, it's kind of like a very humble way of doing music where you're not going, I am the center artist. Although like he is the guy who's kind of holding things together Mm. um, compositionally. When he's performing and when the final product comes out, he may not even be on a song in some ways. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: Um, I feel feel like we're going to go over the place a little bit. Um, Yeah, that's fine. These performances in particular, um, where Bobby Womack is still alive and touring with him. um, Was he the bass player? No, he's the the singer on um, Stylo and the Clouds of Unknowing. He's an old soul singer from like the 70s. Um he yep, did, yep. did a lot of protest songs. And he he he's like he was like one of Damon Albarn's heroes that he actually managed to get on a record. Um mm. and so a lot of times when he's on stage, Damon's just kind of like looking at him with star-studded eyes, which is quite um quite funny to watch. Um like he really's very sweet. Yeah, he really loves watching him work. Um
1: yeah. Um and it's interesting on that note, stylo is not one of my favorite songs. Yeah, yeah. It's very repetitive, but it's just important in the the bigger scheme of things. Like I now have the beats going on in my head. I have Bruce Willis in my mind driving along, you know, you know, it's, it's kind of all a big part of the big picture of plastic beach.
0: Yeah. So I think I'll get, um, for a bit of context, um, after the hmm. success of demon days, uh, there was a lot of kind of clout. I think gorillas had, especially within the rap community. Um, they'd kind right. of made some waves there. And uh, thanks to the help of their producer for that album, uh, Danger Mouse, who also knows a lot of people. So that's kind of where, Mm -hmm. when they went into this record, they went with more of a shotgun approach. They, like, fired out just hundreds of invitations to people. And if anyone wanted to come to the studio and do a track, they would just come and do one. Um, That's great. And so lots of people were rumored to be on this album, you know, like... um, Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees and other British bands, like never turned up, but we're like, they've been invited. Who knows if they'll come and do something. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of where you get a, like this album's really eclectic. Like sometimes you have like Marky Smith from the fall or Lou Reed from Velvet Underground, or you have these like grime rappers that I'd never heard of, like Bashi and Kano Um, just kind of of doing their thing. So it's, um, it kind of lends itself to that really, just wide variety in this kind of shotgun project.
1: And I think that that eclecticism, whatever, is what I found really hard about engaging with gorillas. Yeah. Like even when you listen to their self-titled LP, um, the genres change all over the place. Like you have Clint Eastwood, which kind of was the lead single, which is very different from things like Tomorrow Comes Today. Yes. And very different from like 5-4 or... Rehash or nineteen two thousand, like every song, like you feel like you're moving. And I remember being a teen and kind of making a playlist of the ones I liked because I wasn't really good at understanding rap at that time. (laughs) And I've gotten better, but like you know, even with Clint Eastwood, I kind of preferred the sung parts. But now I'm like, man, I I love all the parts in these songs. I especially love on Plastic Beach. I haven't talked about the songs I love. Um, what's the Jellyfish one? Um, oh, super, super,
0: super Fast Jellyfish. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's my absolute favourite. <laughs> I love the start. It's like, oh, this one's got a toy. You know, like yeah, yeah. It, that mean, so, kind of rap where it's conversational is like my favourite.
0: Um, so De La Sol, who are on Super Fast Jellyfish, are like longtime yeah. collaborators. They also do Feel Good Inc. Like they're, the, they're one of... Um, whenever Gorillaz puts out a record, like, Oh, is Deal the soul going to be on there again? They're kind of, um, they're a three piece. Um, and they're hilarious to watch. They're these big dudes who love joking around. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I loved on the stylo video. Cause I rewatched it. Um, just kind of thinking about this. There's like a super fast jellyfish advertisement. Mm-hmm. that the car cop car flies through, <laughs> which I thought was a nice touch. And I like the sampling of the crunchy cereal kind of thing. And, and then it's that whole idea of, you know, the chorus is completely contrasting the verse, you know, this really poppy um, <laughs> chorus with Damon singing and then these kind of like silly kind of conversational rap parts in the verse. It's just it's just such a great vibe. And then the endings, like all the vocoder stuff on the vocals, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, so my favourite tracks, I'll tell you my favourite tracks and maybe they will give you an idea. Sure. What I really liked. So, welcome to the world of the plastic beach is fantastic. <laughs> um, I'm not like I don't know much Snoop Dogg, but he does a great job on this. But I think the thing I love most about it is the organ and brass. Mm. Um, like on um the cell the solar release of Davin's that you gave me, that kind of old school electric organ um, sound, and then live when they do it, they have that. 12-piece brass band that are, like, grooving on stage. Yeah. It's so good. So, yeah, Welcome to the World of Plastic Beach is great. Um, Super Fast Jellyfish. I liked Empire Ants. Um, uh, The Some Kind of Nature with Lou Reed was pretty good. (laughs) On Melancholy Hill is very beautiful. It's very poppy, though. Like, that chord progression is so... Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, like, well-used but well-done. And then I like the title track, Plastic Beach. Um, I know there's some other good ones in there, like Rhinestone Eyes is like one of the big singles, but it didn't grab me as much. However, I get like little sound bites in my head from these songs and I can't remember where they're from. Oh, yeah. I, I also love in Superfast Jellyfish, they're like, don't waste time. You know, like, all the ridiculous like high stuff that they do. It's just all the BVs and things. Fantastic. So that kind of, those are my favorite tracks. Does that interest you? Or, you yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's typical.
0: I, um, there's actually an extended version of this record that has a couple more, um, orchestral pieces, um, to it as well. Um, okay, which maybe I'll send you, but like, there's, they did a lot of work, um, around having, um, a lot of more, um, live instrumentation for this record. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think <laughs> one of, one of the things that like whenever I, whenever a Gorillaz record comes out, I don't quite know what to expect necessarily. Um, yeah. but I have, tr- I trust in the process that at some point my views will be challenged and stretched. Cause I, like, I believe that this band is not going to make stupid decisions most of the time. And so I want to kind of hitch for the ride. And even like, I don't love some of the songs in this record. Like I don't love the, um, the Marquis Smith song, particularly that much. Um, Glitter Freeze, whatever it's called. Uh, okay, yeah. But, like, I don't know. I, I, I come to love it more and more the more I listen to it after a time, even though this came out, you know, 15 years ago, whenever, 12 years ago.
1: Yeah. Um, You're right in that, like, it really does push you. And I think that that comes to this, like, and but you trust that they'll make a good decision. I think that comes from, like, damon being such a collaborative musician yes like if it was just him in his own head like axel rose he'd (laughs) never finish you know he'd never finish and it wouldn't be great because he would be the executive of every decision um and collaboration is hard but a very humble experience and i can see that damon is very okay with collaboration Mm. I've been looking for videos to see like in the studio stuff and there's like nothing. There's like nothing. It's yeah. um, There's like some clips of like, you know, one second grabs of different moments, but nothing that I can like watch and go, Oh, that's how they do that.
0: Yeah. I mean the, the writing of it is still quite enigmatic. Uh, th- this, this album in particular is kind of when, um, you know, the curtain comes down a little bit more and they, you know, did world tours in person for the very first yeah. time. Um, you know, my brother and I drove to Coachella just to go see them in person because they'd never come to Canada ever before, you know. Um, yeah. Or at least I, I begged him to drive us, is what I should say, which we did. Um, and and that yeah. was quite, you know, being able to see them perform these live um, is still amazing. And um, I think, I, I guess, like, the the nature of doing this kind of music has changed i think it's more of a um like a widespread collaborative project now than it is like a band anymore even um Mm -hmm. which is kind of why you get things like song machine which are the songs aren't necessarily connected to each other anymore the the theme behind the album is like a digital project release rather than like a, a whole to do um though that being said they're working on something very strange at the moment so we'll see what happens in the next year.
1: Um, yeah neat yeah I'd, I'd love to see them live like after watching some of the clips I've seen and listening to this album I'm like it would be a real spectacular they, I think they're kind of like a real super group sort of idea
0: I mean they are, they are touring at the moment they might be coming to us they're in Canada in September I know that um, oh nice if I wanted to spend are uh, they
1: touring humans or
0: something uh, they're touring um, Song Machine
1: Oh, okay, right, gotcha.
0: Yeah, um, we don't talk. Nice. About, we don't talk about their other albums. Um.
1: <laughs> oh, we've got to, or we don't.
0: <laughs> we don't yeah, talk about those. <laughs> um, yes. Anyway, is there anything else you would like to talk about, Plastic Beach, for us, sir?
1: No, I think that's good. I. It was a really like I'm glad you gave me that one because yeah, sometimes like I I can't quite engage as well with with all the different elements like this felt like it had enough of a big picture yeah artistry to it that i was like yeah okay okay i'm getting this like um like there was enough Damon also through it that like it felt like it uh, kind of had a, a center point but um yeah i don't know i, I don't know why this one Twigged a bit better. That's right. I've, I still think I love their first album the most, okay. but I really, really like this one. I mean, one.
0: that's fair. Um, we'll get to Demon Days, I think, one day. I just um, I love it too much to have it critiqued in front of me. So we'll, we'll live. <laughs>
1: Come on, man. Be brave. No. No, I, I, as you always say to me, you can listen to whatever you like, so I might just do it. <laughs> <laughs> if you do that. Josh, this album sucks. No,
0: I don't believe uh. you'll think that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> No, I probably won't. Um. Anyways, those plastic beach. Sweet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Thank you, man. That was amazing. My pleasure. Um. All right. On a on a very again different note. Um, yeah. 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 What did you give me, sir?
1: So I did a little of a like a, a gut reaction, uh, homework assignment with this one, <laughs> um, a bit of a backstory. Um, I. So Annaby Savage was sharing some stories about going to see Jesse Buckley live and Jesse Buckley is an actor, singer, songwriter. She's Irish. She was in Chernobyl um as Ludmilla um and she was recently in an A24 film. Yeah. And so she's kind of like on the radar. Cool. And she's just released this album um which is a collaboration between her and Bernard Butler who is the lead singer of Suede. A English Pop rock band From the 80s I think Yeah Um And He doesn't really sing on it It's pretty much her singing The whole time And he's playing guitar And they're Writing songs together Um But I heard the word Irish And <laughs> I just was like I'll just throw this at Josh I hadn't really listened To much of it And as I listened to this I'm like This is really just me A way of sneaking In a second review Of my own <laughs> um, <laughs> because it is a lot more my kind of album than it is yours but um having said that i'm happy to be surprised tell me what you thought of for all our days that tear the heart
0: yes there's nothing particularly irish about this i feel like we should say up front which is no no uh, i
1: know right that's all right it could be a joni mitchell record for all we know it could be
0: i um yes speaking of i i can't i still quite can't put my finger on um, who or what this album reminds me of? It's like pieces of lots of mm. different musicians at the top of my head. Like, you know, a bit of Laura Marling, a bit of the Staves, but not quite. Um, there's lots of like. It feels very North American to me. Yeah, like
1: the, much more folky. There's
0: lots of little things that remind me of different people, but as a whole, um, it's interesting. I don't know what to quite say about it. Um, so you have like mm. a, a blend of like folk elements some jazz elements some freeform jazz um and then some like chamber pop you know lots of reverb and that kind of stuff um and it focuses a lot on the on the vocals there's a lot of um interplay between what she's singing and what the band is doing it's less of like a united front and more of like two duet pieces in in my eyes a lot of the time um Hmm. like she'll yeah good point she'll be singing something and the band will be doing something different to kind of interplay off of it um which is i think where you kind of get the idea that this is a collaboration like the first time i went through it i'm like okay i don't really see what um bernard butler is like doing this time and then after i listened to it like maybe four or five more times i'm like okay actually no he's doing the response with his kind of music um uh yeah so let's say about it as a record it feels quite cinematic um you know it's by and large a lot of ballads so uh lots of kind of sweeping musical moments and um big emotions and that kind of stuff um Mm -hmm. she is an actor so perhaps that (laughs) part goes into it yes i did uh yeah i didn't want to go for the pun but I, i think maybe so i i think i preferred um by and large the more upbeat songs you know, like Babylon days yep. or footnotes on the map. Um, yeah, And when you get to the more kind of jazzy ones, like, um, seven red rose tattoos, I don't know, they, yep. they kind of drag a little bit, like, like halfway through, I kind of get the point of what the song's doing and it still keeps going. and Um, free form trumpet solos are happening in the background. I'm like, okay, I'll kind of move on, move along. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I kind of
1: like the slower stuff. Like, yeah. like I said, I accidentally realised I gave you an album that was more for me. You know, <laughs> um, you know, if Anna B. Savage is going along to her gigs, it's probably going to be more for me. But um, yeah, I liked those. Yeah, you know, the opening track, the Eagle and the Dove, and then there was another one. Um, there was a. I've watched a couple of Jules Holland's yeah um, performances. And what was the other track that was really nice that she performed? It was... I mean, the one
0: you sent me was Footnotes on the Map.
1: Yes, that one. Yeah, there was Footnotes on the Map, which was really lovely. And I think from a technical perspective, like her her vocal execution is incredible. Yeah. Like it's, she's disgustingly talented, like to be, you know, such a great actor <laughs> and as well, like such a great songwriter and singer. I just kind of wonder at these people who can kind of create so much. But yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I guess it's thing to wear like the the nature of the project is quite astounding where you have um this Irish actress turned like exceedingly stunning, talented singer um hmm. you know who who would have known. And then you have um Bernard Butler who's a bit of a Brit pop icon for his electric guitar work. Um in the nineties and then doing kind of his own thing with acoustics and um kind of jazz like like this this project has a lot of weird caveats about it and yeah. it delivers on them really really well i think is worth saying about the project like it's um yeah yeah like they they kind of they stick the landing as as they would say
1: yeah but it is a bit, like, hard to engage with if you don't know the history of those things. Sure. Although, although if you, like, if you really love the music of Joni Mitchell, this is probably your kind of thing, because it feels very, you know, these very articulate melody lines and kind of, like, subtle dynamics and that sort of thing. It, it is really about Jesse Buckley's voice, but... The more I listen to it, you're right. Like I can hear the really interesting um kind of parts in the guitar and and yeah, I'm trying to figure out like Yeah, I don't know. It it's just a I feel like I could appreciate this more if I'd known more about Bernard Butler. Because I had to look him up. I was like, Who is this guy? Yeah. He probably would have been like, Oh, you know, what was that that Lady Gaga album that she did, collaborating with <laughs> Tony um, Bennett. <laughs> Yeah, like it it feels like it could have been that kind of thing, you know, like um cuz Jesse Buckley Buckley's very relatively new, and so it feels like two different eras of artists sure. kind of joining forces sure. and stuff. I
0: like feel that. like I should say Tony Bennett's like a good 40 years older than um Yes, Butler. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No.
1: It, it's kind of um it, yeah, similar idea but different it, ages, sorry. Yeah. So. yeah. I,
0: like if if I think if we grew up in England in like the early '90s, um, we would have listened to a lot more suede for sure. Uh, it's just kind of not yeah. been on our radar. And oh,
1: I must confess, I'd never heard of the band. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I've heard all of them and I heard one or two of their songs, but I don't know them very well. Admittedly, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I, I, yeah. I, by and large, enjoyed it. It was, you know, not my regular listen, but um, I can't fault it for trying. <laughs>
1: yeah i realized afterwards like it's probably not josh's kind of thing but you know you you win some you lose some so i'm glad you enjoyed parts of it
0: yeah that was good
1: thank you for sharing sweet no easy man all right let's uh let's uh head on to the last part of the show and do some honorable mentions um so just a couple of quick ones uh i've been listening to a cool lo-fi undertale album which is nice um some of the tracks don't come off quite right but it's kind of interesting to hear these songs redone in interesting ways (laughs) um interestingly that relates to something else i saw recently toby fox was tweeting out that like people were getting um strikes on their youtube videos for using his music and he's like this shouldn't happen I have given permission for anyone to use my music. And if it does, let me know.
0: (laughs) Those those are fraudulent bots. uh, I thought you were going (laughs) to... Sorry, keep going.
1: Oh, I just thought it was really nice of him. But, um, yeah, what were you going to say? I thought
0: you were going to mention on Twitter the the, um, lo-fi remix of the Up theme song you kept talking about. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That made me so confused. So...
1: So, for context, I stumbled upon this silly video of someone just remodeling a bedroom with CGI, just like how to make a bedroom more spacious. But the music was this remixed version of the up theme song. Da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. But it was gone from 3 4 to 4 4. And it was this awful beat with these haze and claps. And it was the most atrocious thing I'd heard in months. Oh, I can't believe you saw that too. I was like totally astounded by that.
0: I thought you were going somewhere when you started mentioning Twitter (laughs) anyway.
1: Oh, I have to put that in the show notes so everyone can appreciate how terrible that was. I couldn't quite get over it. Who makes this? Like, what was going through their brain and why? Like, there are so many other pieces of music you could have chosen. Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm back. Yes. All right. Yeah. So, um, lo fi Undertale. Uh, let me move on. Um, uh, Dino Spilatini is doing some new things. He's gone in a completely new direction. Uh, and he's doing like kind of trance tracks. And he's got this new single out on SoundCloud, and it's got the biggest bass sound I've heard in a long time. So, I'm going to chuck that on the playlist. Um, another band, uh, another artist I like, Christopher Royal King, who is called Symbol. Has a new two-song ambient uh, EP out that's quite beautiful. I like his stuff. Um, I was a big fan of his first album. Um, I think it was called Tracer. No, Tracer was the name. It was called Online Architecture. Yeah. Anyway, I'll put those links in the show notes. Um, always have a new track out. Uh, is that what you were going to talk yes. about? Yes. Yeah. Ph- Pharmaceuticals or what is it called? Yeah. <clears throat> um So they have a new album coming out.
0: Yeah, and I was quite surprised at how short the song was—like two minutes, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, that is a bit shorter than they usually do. Um, it's nice. I haven't given it that many listens. What did you
0: think? Yeah, I um I enjoyed the more guitar-driven nature of it. I think, um, like if I was to in in my mind, if I was to put this up against Soccer Mummy, which we talked about earlier, I think I'd prefer hmm. Always. And their kind of approach to making sonic spaces a bit more um, and being able to Mm -hmm. experiment within those. So uh, I think this single is kind of a good example of um, more what I enjoy when it comes to the dream pop table. Yeah. So yeah, I will put it. Yeah. yeah. I was listening
1: to a bit more of um, anti-socialites the other day because I've been putting together this like, playlist of my favorite like female-led bands at the moment really? um and i was chucking on some some always and so i was listening to those and realizing how lo-fi they sounded like it's a really interesting production i can't remember if the pharmacist is similar but yeah 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 um and last one um <laughs> this is a random one i actually wanted to just mention that um that uh sample pack essentially <laughs> <you? laughs> um i I've been listening to some work by this um guy who makes sample packs, but he's actually like a a sonic um soundscape teacher he teaches like electronic music and stuff in like zoom classes um and he also kind of writes um like audio essays and so. Um, I found this sample pack he released of over 400 samples of him hitting things in his backyard, which is amazing. Um, I'm looking forward to (laughs) chucking those into my samplers. Um, But it starts off with this half an hour like soundscape of all the sounds being used, like sending them through VCV rack, um, which is like a modular synthesizer. And then he's talking over the top of it about Sampling about using found sounds and all that sort of thing, he's quite he's quite um artsy in what he says. But I kind of appreciate. It. I thought it was good. I, so
0: yeah, I just love the image of like his neighbor looking out the back window and seeing him <laughs> with like this very high quality recorder in one hand, and then him just like whacking a guava tree like with the other hand. Like, yeah. like yeah. oh my goodness!
1: <laughs> he's been talking. He talks about that in the essay about looking foolish and how there's something there's something joyous about the childish nature of like figuring out how something random that's not a musical instrument could sound and over the past few weeks I've been trying to use like vocal samples of my daughter to kind of create interesting um chopped up samples and so it was kind of in my wheelhouse at the moment and just on my mind but people may not be interested in this all (laughs) so I'll chuck in the show notes you can check it out if you like anyway
0: over to you. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Um, yes. Crazy world out there. Crazy world. I I don't know, man. It's been a bit of a a rough week musically for me. Um, 2 There's been two articles released, one from um, Ed O'Brien from Radiohead talking about how they're not making music at the moment, and then one from um, Violent Soho saying that they're on an indefinite yeah. hiatus. So I don't know. It's kind of... <laughs> My heart's in a dark, crying bitter tears. Oh, man, <laughs> all three of my favorite bands just aren't making music ever again.
1: Uh. Josh has put me on a, a hunt for Violet so her vinyl uh, in Australia. So you know, I'll do my band to preserve my part to preserve the history of the band. You know,
0: I mean, they're not like I don't know who knows what hiatus no. means, but. Um, godspeed you went on a 10-year hiatus hey? yeah so, you know there's always hope and to be fair ed o'brien said what they're actually what he actually said was the uh radiohead albums are much more inspiration based rather than you know we need to go make some money let's make an album based and so that's kind of where they are at the moment right um which, um, so
1: they've got no record label breathing down, yeah.
0: Their necks so, lot, lot, lots of music mags have like said, like, Radiohead have broken up forever, and like, no, it's not actually what he said at all. <laughs> uh, anyways, so with that in mind, Fallen Soho have released a like last single as a bit of a gift to people while going on hiatus. Um, there's actually a B side which is only going to be available on record um mm. which i have bought but the uh of course um of course yeah so the song kamikaze has come up from balance of Ho, and i i don't know i'm in love i love this band and everything they do to be fair this song mm. um this really encapsulates everything about them that i enjoy like the drumming is on point the lyrics are fun and sung well the guitar and the bass work are like really synced up i yeah I keep listening to it and keep on enjoying it in a bittersweet way.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a bit sad, man. Yeah.
0: That's well, as you get older, things, you know, don't keep making music anymore. Um, yeah. Uh, second is a new single from uh, Dan Mangan. Um, oh, yeah. Called Firescape. I didn't listen to it. Sorry. Firescape. That's yeah, all right. But I will. Um, watch the video, <laughs> actually. Um, okay. So it's, it's quite a heartfelt song. It's about, you know, uh, mental illness and depression. Um, as Dan likes to write about, and then, uh, the video is quite, um, I don't know, like like a kind of comedically dark in some ways, but also quite sweet. Uh, it's like Dan and this other actor, Stephen Ogg, kind of going through like life experiences, and Stephen Ogg is like playing Dan's like subconscious inner brain. And just like beats the okay. beats the crap out of him in different situations. Like he'll be talking to somebody, and he just gets a baseball bat and just starts cracking him in the back, and so he's like bleeding everywhere. Um, and then <laughs> that's quite clever. Yeah, and then by the end of the video, it like turns more sweet as like you know they start doing things harmoniously together, and it shows like the light side also of having this kind of characteristic. Anyway, uh, it's quite a that's cool. It's quite a beautiful video, I thought, and. Um, Dan, you know, likes writing about this topic and being very earnest about it. And this song is another example of that. So love Dan. Uh, And
1: I like it when video clips actually have a little bit to do with the song itself. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, And then we talked about Always. And then lastly, um, I found this today, so I don't have a huge spread of it. I might actually review it sometime in the future. or talk about it more. Um, But a band called Mm. FIME, F-I-M-E, um, okay. Have an album that they released at the start of July called Sweeter Memory. And it's kind of um surf rock with a bit of sprinkling of shoegaze behind it. Um, okay. So I need to give it more time, but I have really enjoyed the vibe of it so far. It's kind of something I really love with this kind of like lo fi, um, laid back, and then just like heavy fuzz in some parts. So I've been really loving that a lot. Nice. Yeah. And that's all I have, sir.
1: All right. I think that is us. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of What We're Listening to. This is our 51st episode. Um, We're excited to kind of keep chatting about interesting stuff. As always, you know, send us things that you are listening to that you think would be worthwhile Um, and get in touch with us on socials and uh, so Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. um, Please leave a review and that sort of thing. We'd love to. kind of keep getting to the ears of more people um but we just really love chatting about music and chatting to each other so till next time i'll see you around josh see you mate. good day